Alex, I'm going to send you the, the Laub. Okay. I swapped out Dolan for Laub. All right. So I'll just send that to you via email. Okay. All right. Cool. I am rolling. All right, let's do it. This is segment one in uh, three, two. Welcome to NSN Daily here on a Wednesday. Uh, keeping busy like everybody else. Alex Margulies, Chris Murray, I'm Brian Samudio. Anthony Resnick is on the controls in his living room. And this is amazing, guys, that we still are able to do this. But, uh, you know, I, I had to drive in this morning just for a quick second. I didn't violate any protocol, but uh, I had to upgrade the laptop a little bit. And it just, it's, it was really weird what struck me was driving by the GSR, you know, because we're down off of Vassar and Kitsky next to the uh, – next to the main post office, driving by the GSR and seeing an empty parking lot was just, that was a little weird. Yeah. I mean, just driving around town, I was driving home around five o'clock yesterday after I went out to, to grab something from the store real quick. And, and usually I'd be stuck in traffic coming up pyramid or McCarran and there's no traffic. So I guess there's one silver lining to this whole thing is when you do have to leave your house, uh, there really aren't very many, many people on the road. Uh, and that's, that's a good thing right now. You know, we talked about, uh, I guess on our, our, we're going to partner with them a little bit too, as if we don't, but it's uh, News 4 and Fox 11 uh, doing Takeout Tuesday. And I think we ought to expand it to Takeout tonight or Takeout tomorrow, Takeout whenever to uh, support local business. Have, have either of you guys done any of those uh, where you go call it up, pick up the order, and, and then come home? I have. Um, I was sitting in the parking lot for more than an hour and I called the establishment three times and uh, uh, they actually gave me the food for free because they knew how much that they had screwed up. Um, so that was a bad experience. But I think in general, it's a very good idea. I think it's something that we're going to do again, uh, you know, a couple times this week, uh, you know, just to be able to go out there and support people, whether it's buying a gift card or actually getting food, mm -hmm. just because, uh, you know, there are a lot of livelihoods that are at stake uh, right now. And a lot of these places have done the smart thing, although the difficult thing to close down their establishment. So I think the more support we can give local businesses owned from people in our community, uh, the better. Uh, it was kind of like the first day that was going on. So there might have been some people who were a little bit frazzled when I was trying to do that the first time. But, um, you know, it, it does make a lot of sense to go out there and get a nice cooked meal. And, you know, this virus cannot be transmitted uh, you know, through through meals from everything that I've read. So, you know, you're safe there. Just maybe wipe down whatever bag they give it to you. Um, but yeah, certainly it's a smart thing if you can afford to do it, to be able to go out there and buy a couple of meals from a couple of restaurants a week. Yeah, you know, I, I think we've, we've made kind of the conscious decision to go and, and do that. And, and even if, you know, we wanted to cook, we're like, you know what, let's, let's help these guys out. And I think the gift card idea is great. I mean, a lot of the local bars and stuff are even doing that. Uh, in Midtown, I was seeing like Rum Sugar Lime and the Emerson and places like that saying, hey, buy a gift card, give it to your friends or use it for when you want to come back and when this is all over, help keep us in business. Now, uh, later this week, we'll have a segment or next week on, on some of the local yoga studios and they're saying, hey, maybe buy your, your membership in advance and, and pay for a couple of months ahead of time and just help us get through, which is going to be a very difficult month. Uh, but the takeout, yeah, I, mean, I was up in Incline this weekend and, and uh, get some teas, rotisserie, which is my favorite spot been there for 30 years they had a window actually they were opening the outside and they were kind of making like this little drive through I'm like this is pretty sweet like I wish you guys had this all the time uh and then we got some Thai food the other night so you know when we can we're definitely trying to support our local businesses and I think you know if you can afford it and, and, and maybe do it once a week or a couple times a week I think that's an awesome thing you know just to kind of help everyone right now is it, it's, it's a difficult time yeah and it's not just food joints guys I mean we're talking mm -hmm. with um, Mark Ledowski, owner of Silver and Blue Outfitters, and how they're uh, still go taking online orders. Uh, we're going to talk and schedule out 
uh, Aaron Christensen from Christensen Automotive, who, you know, it's it's a necessary business where, you know, if you have a battery die, you can't go anywhere. You, you need you need to be able to have your car serviced. The Dolan Auto Group, they're not selling cars, but their service department, parts department, they're still open, and we're, we're going to be reaching out and, and talking with those guys as the week goes along as well. But, Chris, uh, what you've been working on all week is features on – Former and current Nevada basketball players, Lindsey Drew has been out there. Now the next one up is Jalen Harris. Yeah, just going in alphabetical order. So Jalen was up next. And what a remarkable season he had. I know it didn't end exactly how he wanted. Uh, not the best second half against San Diego State. Not the best game against Wyoming in the Mountain West Tournament. But you're talking about, uh, you know, a 30-game sample size where he was just phenomenal this season. He scored the second most points in Mountain West history in conference games. The only player who had scored more was Jimmer Fredette when he was the National Player of the Year. He was second on the team in rebounding, assists, steals. Um, he just had a, a remarkable season and, and one that could have really gone south just because of that foot injury right at the beginning of the season. Imagine if he had broken his foot rather than just sprained the ligament in that foot and how Nevada's season would have turned. So he was really the rock for this team, not only scoring, um, but emotionally and doing so many other things on the court, defending, uh, making plays for others. Uh, doing the little things in addition to the big things. So just a, a fabulous season for him. And, uh, you know, hopefully it's not his last in Nevada. Obviously, he, he has some decisions to make moving forward on what his future is going to look like. He hasn't made any of those decisions as we take this show right now. So uh, we'll see exactly what that future holds. But I'm sure there are a ton of Wolfpack fans out there that are hoping they get to see another season from Jalen Harris just because of how great he was this year. Yeah, I mean, what a special deal this was this year. The four consecutive 30-point games he had five times this year. He scored 30. And, and the role that he was on w was something special. And to think of all the great scores that Nevada's had over the last decade, you think of guys like Caleb Martin. You think of, of De uh, Deontay Burton. You think of Marquise Coleman. Uh, you think of just these, these star players, Marcus Marshall, Cameron Oliver. None of these players did what Jalen Harris did at scoring over 30 points a game like that. And the way that he was able to just take control of games was really impressive. And like Chris said, I, I really hope we get to see him again in a Wolfpack uniform next year, whether he decides to go pro or, or does he have the eligibility maybe to, to grad transfer uh, that kind of remains to be seen right now. Uh, but it'll be an interesting, I guess, couple of weeks to see if he will indeed return and, and, and be a member of the silver and blue as a senior next year. All right, much more to come here on a Wednesday edition of NSN Daily. Head coach Steve Holford will join us here on the show, talk about the offseason and how he is handling this, uh, this pandemic with his team. Also, Murray's mailbag, that and more coming up here on NSN Daily. Welcome back into NSN Daily here on a Wednesday and uh, joining us from, uh, you know, I always say Chris is in the Batcave. It looks more like, Coach Alford has a bat cave going right now. Coach Steve Alford joining us here uh, on a Wednesday. Coach, how you doing? How you been dealing with all of this uh, unprecedented time? Well, it's not been easy, obviously, for for everybody. But um, yeah, this this would be considered my man cave. But uh, since we're all at home now, my daughter and wife, I think, are trying to turn it into a she shed. So <laughs> there's a little bit of conflict going on, whether it's a man cave or a she shed right now. It seems like, you know, when we talk to these coaches, they're either A, going stir crazy because they got to stay home, or they're B, they're trying to relax and just enjoy as much family time as they can because this is pretty rare where you kind of can decompress a little bit. I guess, which, which bucket do you fall into more during the last couple of weeks here? Yeah, pretty much relaxing uh, and enjoying time with my family. You know, my daughter and her fiancé are, are living with us, so getting to spend some time with them. We got Bryce back from Germany. So that was about a two-week deal waiting on that, and that's not an easy deal. And 
he's in Scottsdale with his wife. So, and then obviously Corey and Haley are here uh, in Reno. So, you know, we're getting to spend some family time, but it's also time, you know, that you normally this is, we'd be at Hutch at the junior college national titles or, or playing hopefully, you know, in the NIT still, or, you know, usually basketball's going on right now of some shape or form, either recruiting's going on or we're still playing games. So it's, it's odd. And now to be in a dead period to where you're not doing anything basketball wise, we can only text and call recruits. There was no on campus or off campus. It's very, very odd times. Our players are at their respected homes. Now we've got, obviously kids all over the country. So it's even hard to keep up with that as far as, you know, I'd like to go see every one of them just to make sure they're doing okay. And you can't even do that. So it is a very different kind of time that we're in. Steve, I know how much basketball is just in your DNA, how much you love, especially being around your guys and your players and, and your coaches. How hard is it uh, really for the first time in your life? I mean, you've been coaching 29 years before that, a player for many years. How hard is it just not being around that, that environment? Yeah, it's hard because, you know, you get in a routine. You know what March is. And really, as a basketball coach and as a basketball player, you build everything around March. You're, you're, everything you're trying from roster management in the summer to your development in the summer to those five months of practicing and playing 30-plus games, it's all built towards, you know, what can you get done in March. And this has obviously been a March like no other. And – you know, for the first time, you're really shut down, not being able to do any of those things. And I think that's what makes this time a little bit odd. And then when they're not on campus, I think we've only got three players currently uh, in Reno. The rest of them are at home and getting ready to start online stuff. Uh, it's just a different kind of deal that you're not used to because usually we've gone from day-to-day -day contact with players to now no contact. And that's, a, that's always a different thing that you got to handle. Nevada head men's basketball coach Steve Alford joining us here on NSN Daily. Coach, uh, great finish. You know, when it comes to, you know, uh, second place, tied for second place in the Mountain West Conference, your first year you had to go out and re-recruit these guys back. We were all preparing for a postseason run. I'm sure that you were doing the same thing, wanting your guys to get those extra practices, those extra games. When you found out that this was all shut down and you had to tell your guys, how tough was that conversation? Yeah, and, and because our league was moved up a week, it was even harder because you got that dead week of not knowing. You know, we felt like we were a, a bubble NIT team and things were starting to work into our favor because a lot of the league champs were winning the league tournaments. And obviously with the new NIT rules several years back where if you're a league champ, you're automatically in the NIT, you are rooting for those number one seeds to win their tournaments. And that was taking place. So our bubble was getting even better uh, for the NIT. And so our guys were practicing pretty well. We had great energy. Um, I really liked their demeanor in that dead week of the things that we were doing. And then obviously on a Friday or Saturday, when all of a sudden it comes to a complete halt, um, that's a difficult thing, especially for your seniors. That, that, that was the hardest thing to, you know, be in a team meeting and, you know, just the seniors now, there's a finality that uh, they're not going to be playing any more games. That's probably the toughest part. You talked a lot this year about setting the culture and the foundation and getting the program to kind of buy into what you wanted to be moving forward. Uh, how much do you think you accomplished that in this first year as you try and put things in place to build this thing over a long haul, a 10 year contract? Yeah, that, and that's, that was important at the first year, you know, Chris, we really made sure everything was on par. We weren't going to, we weren't going to sway. There was not, there were going to be some non-negotiables uh, that the players had to understand. And, 
um, you know, whether that was academically, whether that was the way we were going to do things in the community or how we travel and how we present ourselves. And then obviously how we play and at the level effort that it takes to be really good. And I guess the thing I was most impressed with was, you know, no returning starters, you know, even like a guy like Lindsay, who I, I think has been in the program four or five years, I think maybe only played in one postseason game, you know, so we just didn't have a lot of experience on this team. And for them to go through a season, never lose more than two games in a row, stay consistent for a five month frame, you know, not win road games and then learn how to win road games, take care of home. You know, we went through the whole home schedule and, non-conference we lose our you know two of our first four then we got on a roll we didn't lose a conference game at home until San Diego State uh, we win a paradise jam uh, we finished second in the league I just thought they did a lot of good things I give the seniors a lot of credit of they didn't have to buy in you know in June and as you know about the whole team was in the portal so it was you know when we talked about roster management it was like well we had to take care of home base before we could even expand and go out and I just think in, a, in one year we got a lot done, but this is a year, this is now a time of year where we start evaluating, you know, areas of concern, what we need to do as a program to get better. And our staff will start doing that. We're putting together a lot of film now offensively and defensively of where we were good, where we were bad. And now when we hopefully probably not going to get back to any kind of normalcy until June, in, in my opinion, I don't think it's going to happen on our campus maybe until summer school. So that's a long time to wait to your guys. Uh, fortunately, we're in the off season, um, but the off season is a very crucial time for us with development. I know it was such a frustrating finish to the end of the season, losing in the first round of the Mountain West tournament. We had talked about this with Corey Barnett and he said, there's a real lesson in this, especially to the younger players of not only with the tournament, but then being having basketball kind of taken away that you just never know when this is going to end and you have to kind of play like you never know, like this could be your last game. Do you feel like while that was disappointing to lose that game, that there was a really big lesson that guys like Zane Meeks and KJ Himes and, and Kane Milling could take away from having a first round exit like that in Las Vegas? Without question. And I think they, we try to teach them that of, you know, season one, you're going to get 12 or 13 games. That's what you're getting in the non-conference. Then in league play, you know, it's 18 games that might get expanded to 20 but you're guaranteed in season one and season two, you're guaranteed a, a big base of games, somewhere between 12 and 13 and then 18 to 20. When season three hits you and you get into March, you're guaranteed one game. That's all you're guaranteed. Whether And if you're fortunate enough to make it to postseason, you're guaranteed one game. And so I think it's a valuable lesson for our young guys of just, you know, the, the difference of it, it, it's almost like they grew up in this AAU environment to where, we could lose the 10 o'clock a.m. game, but we're going to play again at six. Um, you know, and so it's getting these young guys to understand, yeah, you're going to always have another game in season one and two. But when you get to March, you've got to play at a really high level to advance to even get that second game that you're not promised unless you win. All right, we're going to have much more from head coach Steve Alford of the Nevada men's basketball program. We're coming up next here on NSN Daily. Welcome back into NSN Daily, Nevada head men's basketball coach Steve Alford uh, being kind enough to take the time to hang out with us for a couple of segments. Uh, coach, you know, I, I, I know that you want to get out. We need the snow to melt. I mean, Alex wants the snow, because, but we need it in the mountains. It's good for our water. It's good for the ski resorts. We got to get uh, summer set to melt. We need Arrow Queen. We need all these places to melt so you can get out and hit the ball a little bit. 
Well, that's that's absolutely true. Um, you know, I, I kind of take this, you know, it is, it's trying times, but it's kind of, April usually is my pruning season to where, you know, we look <laughs> at the last, we look at the last five, six months as a staff and where have we done things right, where have we done things wrong, and we, we just prune things and, and we try to get better. And, I, and so I've got my staff here in the next couple of weeks, that's what they're going to be doing because this has obviously been weird times. But, you know, for me personally, it's just, taking this time and how can I get better? And I reflect back to when I was 16, I averaged one point a game as a freshman in high school. And my dad was a high school coach. And I went in and I said, look, this isn't the way it's going to be. I want to be the best you ever coached. And you've coached some great players. What needs to take place? And that's when my father devised a 50-minute workout that ended up going on two videotapes and I started doing a 50-minute workout, and I can, I can remember him telling me that habits happen in two weeks. If you can do the same thing for two weeks, you've got a great opportunity to develop your habits. And in those two weeks, I did 14 straight days of a 50-minute workout of just working on my game. And so I learned about pruning as a player, and now I do it as a coach, of how, what are areas you can get better in. And now I reflect back on that. And that's really what I'm kind of doing that, you know, the nationally, they said the quarantine's 14 days that that might become 21. That may become 28. It may become longer, but really trying to take these 14 days and, and do some pruning myself. You know, I, uh, I'm a believer and, you know, diving into my relationship with God. Usually it's 25 minutes, uh, how I kick off my morning. And now I'm trying to do it 50. Because a lot of times it could be checking a box, and I don't want my spiritual life to be checking a box. So working on that, um, trying to read a book a week, usually it's about a book a month. Now I'm trying to take this time and get in the habit of reading a book a week. Jimmy Dykes has got a great book out on uh, Film Doesn't Lie, which I'm a huge believer in. I teach that to my players all the time that, oh, you think you're in a stance? Here, let's look at this film. I'll show you how you're standing straight up and down. You're not in the stance. And it's a great book that uh, I'm finishing right now. And um, then working out, you know, this is a good time that usually I try getting three workouts in a day now or in a week. Now I'm trying to get that to four. And then probably an issue I have with is patience because Chris has mentioned it, you know, a 10 year contract and I probably wanted to win a national title in year one. And I just don't have a lot of patience. So trying to work on patience around the house has been good for me too. So that pruning and just, trying to get better in a time where I just don't want to sit on a couch. I just don't want to, I, but obviously if the snow would melt, it'd be a great time to be able to get out and work on my golf game as well. So you're in your man cave, uh, at least temporarily, it might be converted into a she yeah, shed. If, uh, if the girls kind of... come in, I, I apologize, <laughs> but I've tried to keep them out. As much so what, as what have they done? What have they done to make it a she shed? I like, how, how are they, how are they taking over this room right now? Well, I kind of, when I, when we found this place, it was crucial because it's, I've never been to really the Reno area, but having these RV type size of garages, I've been able to have for the first time in my life, a man cave where my golf simulator, golf stuff that I do, a workout area, to where I do my quiet time every morning. It's just a place I can go for solitude. But because it's a workout area, I allowed them in too. And we kind of <laughs> joke that, girls, you got to get your stuff in before 11 a.m. And then it's... <laughs> It's, it's man cave, and it, hadn't, it really hadn't been set up that way, but I revert back to the commercial I love on She Shed. It, it's really probably a little bit more of a She Shed right now than it is a man cave. 
I'm curious, do you have a favorite piece of memorabilia? I know uh, your jerseys are over your left shoulder, which can't see right now, but we got to see a little bit earlier. Is there some piece that you've accumulated? I mean, you have, you know, Olympic medal. Uh, that, yeah, that's Chris, that, that's something that I was talking to my son about. I'm not a big social media guy. I, I'm just not. Uh, I wasn't in that era, and I, I do other things that are going to occupy my time. And I got in a habit of that at UCLA, and then all of a sudden the phone became way, way too consuming. And it was – it was deflecting and being a distraction of other areas of my life that's much, much more important than social media to me. And so I've really, in the last two and a half years, have made a, I just, I don't get on social media very much at all. And, and so, but I was talking to him about, because he's really good about that stuff, that I think it'd be interesting that once all this time clears that, you know, maybe we do something through NSN and, and we do a four or five piece deal of, you know, and it can start, there's a lot just right here in the man cave of, of my career as a player and as a coach. And, um, you know, I've got pictures of 28 teams. I'm waiting to get the plaque of this year's team of Nevada, which would be my first team up in Nevada, but just a lot of history of basketball um, that we could cover that maybe the people of Reno uh, get to know uh, this head coach, get to know him a little bit more, on a personal basis of just kind of kind of his track record and all the the lives that I've been able to be around in a 30-year basketball career as a, as a coach that uh, it's pretty cool. I've been very blessed with the, the spots I've landed, the people I've met, the coaches I've coached with, and the players I've been able to to coach. Coach, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a great journey. Are we two in things, on that coach? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think uh, for two things, one, when we're allowed to get within six feet of each other. We're definitely in on, on going down that road and, and doing something here on NSN. Two, I want to ask you, Coach, is, okay, we asked about the golf game before, and you're trying to hone your skills, right? So what is the weakest area of Steve Alford's game? Like, are you going to be chipping a lot? Is you it going to be putting? I got to – I got to – I mean, where, where – where, hey, man, we're doing some self-evaluating here, right? Like, where, where's the pruning in the golf game? Yeah, it used to be the tee box. It used to be my drive. And when I got a simulator – the middle age crisis. That's why I told my wife, I'm like, it's not a fancy car. I'm not just now I'm not all of a sudden clubbing and all that kind of stuff, but I need a simulator. I, that's my, that's my middle age deal here. I need a, a simulator. And since getting a simulator, it's really helped my driver and my T game. Uh, I've always been pretty good with, I think probably because of my basketball and hand eye, my short game's always been pretty good, but where I'm really focusing um, in the simulator now and the time that I, I get the man cave, uh, it's my iron game. If I can give my short game a little bit more, um, I think, uh, ability to make putts and things, uh, it's probably my iron game from about that eight, eight iron to the five iron, four iron. If I can get better there, that's where I'd like to get better. Yeah, if you're solid 150 in, you know, uh, I lost a lot of money to a senior citizen when I was about 20 years younger because I could outdrive him. But if I'm 150 in, he was nails. And that's right. Where, uh, and, and, then it's, and then it's all about who you play with. Like I played with Jacob, <laughs> our golf coach, and yeah. that just destroys every bit of confidence that you have <laughs> in the game when you watch him play. It's like a, it's a whole different game when you watch him play. So it is about who you play with and uh, getting guys that you can be competitive with because Jacob, it's – I just want to play with Jacob to maybe get the Nevada logo balls, to get some head covers, to <laughs> maybe every now and then just see how you're supposed to play the game. But uh, you can lose a lot of money out on the course playing with Jacob. 
head coach Steve Alford joining us from the man cave she shed of the Alford <laughs> residence. We appreciate the time, coach. Thanks very much. Don't go stir crazy, and uh, we'll catch you next time. I appreciate it. Everybody be safe. Thank you. We'll have much more coming up here on NSN Daily right after this. We'll jump into Murray's mailbag after the break. Welcome back at NSN Daily here on a Wednesday. It is a tradition on this show. We open up Murray's mailbag. Murray, if you follow him on Twitter, at ByChrisMurray. It's a great follow. Uh, follow him on Twitter every Sunday afternoon, evening, depending on you know how busy our schedules are these days, guys. Uh, Chris will open up the mailbag and, uh, and uh, take your questions. How many words this time around, Chris? A little under 5,000. It, it was a pretty decent workload this Monday. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, let's dive into some of these questions here that are uh, from our viewers. Uh, Jared, Jared always sends in great questions. Start off with him. Without an NCAA tourney to set up a Mountain West battle of the mascots. Example, a wolf versus an Aztec meet in an arena gladiator style. Jared's got a lot of time in his hands, but this is cool. One through 10 seed who comes out victorious probably need buys like the Mountain West tournament. Jared's just setting this up on a tee for us. Uh, yeah, I mean, I probably devoted about six or 700 words to this answer. So it was a pretty long one. I did do bracketed play uh, and I ended up getting a wolf against the Lobo. Uh, very complicated matter, but I had the Falcon flying out of the arena at one point. So the Falcon was the only one who survived the entire <laughs> Royal Rumble. So Falcon did win, but I do think if you just anatomically put all of these things together, it would be an interesting battle. I mean, if you're not given the Aztec or the Spartan weapons, uh, I think you got to go with either the wolf or the lobo. I mean, it's basically the same animal. I think that one probably tops, uh, certainly not the bulldog. Uh, you know, not not much going on for the bulldogs. But um, yeah, I, I think uh, the the wolf would probably end up winning. You know, what about a ram though? I feel like a big bighorn ram like comes in and like maybe like a, if a, if the ram was big enough, like could a ram trample a wolf or a lobo? I guess that would be one of my X factors in this whole thing. But I think you probably have to go with, with the one that's got the vicious teeth, right, which is the, uh, the wolf and the lobo. Um, I, I wouldn't discount the ram, though. I don't know. What do you think, Brian? You know, I'm going to give you two things here. If we look at the human base uh, mascots, if you're talking about, you know, the rebel who has been seen with a rifle, has been seen with a flintlock, so if it has a weapon, Spartan's going to carry that shield and the sword, and a rainbow warrior, I mean – you never want to discount, you know, a, a rainbow warrior. But if yeah. they don't have weapons, yeah, to me, the ram versus wolf, wolf's a predator, ram eats grass. That's my <laughs> difference right there. That's my difference. So uh, I, I'm going to go wolf. I, uh, no bias, but I think the lobo or a wolf would be, would be my choice. Question number two coming from Scott Walquist, good friend of ours. Uh, who are the most underappreciated Nevada men's basketball players in program History. History. <laughs> I think maybe Corey Jackson. So Corey was a, a basketball player slash football player. He actually had a brief NFL career, but basketball was his main thing. And Trent Johnson will tell you, I mean, he was kind of one of the guys who set that culture of toughness, of giving it every day in practice. Uh, he was a tremendous rebounder. Uh, you know, maybe not the most skilled offensive player, but a very, very good player in, in the early portion of Trent Johnson's tenure. And I always go back to Marcellus Camp. Like, he's one of the greatest players in program history. I don't know that he's recognized as such because he didn't have an NBA career. I mean, this is a guy who finished second in program history and scoring. You look at what he did in NCAA tournament games. That guy was always money on the biggest stage. He did have two torn ACLs, and I think that limited what he could do professionally. He did have a very good overseas career. I mean, played for a decade, uh, made a ton of money playing overseas, but didn't have that NBA career. So I think when people are talking about Mount Rushmore, Wolfpack basketball players, his name is not brought up. 
But if you're just looking at their college careers, I mean, that guy was a phenomenal, phenomenal player. You know, I'm going to go, and I, this isn't really answer the question in terms of being like a Wolfpack great, but I'll go like recent Wolfpack teams. Like you talk about Marquise Coleman, you talk about, you know, Deontay Burton, you talk about Cam Oliver, Lindsey Drew, and, and, and then even in the more recent ones with the Martin Twins and Jalen Harris. How about the junkyard dog, Tyron Criswell, uh, during Nevada CBI season, he was just one of those guys that would do everything for the team. He would dive on loose balls. He was going to give you incredible defense. Uh, he became a fan favorite as a senior. He wasn't the most talented player, but he was a guy that was going to give you every bit of what he had. And uh, you don't get the, the name the Junkyard Dog for, for no reason. I'm going to show my age a little bit, and I'm going to go out there. The easiest one for me to look out there and say is Jermaine Washington. On that Sweet 16 run, Jermaine diving across the press table against Georgia Tech. But if you want to go, guys, that really – I'm going to go back even further. Daniel Watts, big, big power forward center who played for the Pat Foster teams. And I'm going with the Pope, the Pope Sean Paul, Elko High School graduate, played at the University of Nevada back in the early 2000s. He was a big six foot nine kid who just took punishment down low. He and Matt Oaks both played on that team. Matt Oaks played his high school ball at Reed, but the Pope, Sean Paul. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with with uh, with Sean Paul as my not so obvious uh, pick. How about Gabe? Gabe in Muck, and I think I hope Gabe's from Winnemucca because I love Humboldt County and Winnemucca. Now that a lot of people worldwide are self quarantining, what are your top five? video games to help pass the time. I, I'm guilty of breaking out the old controllers. <laughs> Definitely a Julian Delgadio question. He would have better answers because mine, I, I just go back to Nintendo. So I got like 1990s style games. Uh, Tecmo Super Bowl, my favorite game on the Nintendo uh, system. So that was number one on my list. I did go Mario Kart, which I believe was a Super Nintendo invention. Uh, Mario Kart is something that, you know, spans generations. Uh, an absolutely great game. Excite Bike. Anybody remember Excite Bike? Uh, and then uh, Dr. Mario and, and Bubble Bobble uh, on my list. So yeah, it's definitely a good time to, to go into the garage, break out a, you know, a video game system you haven't played in a long time out of one of those cardboard boxes. All right. So I'm going, I see, I love playing old Zelda like Link from the Past on, on Super Nintendo. I've probably beaten that game like 10 times. Uh, I would love to go sit through and beat that one from start to finish. Another one would be Final Fantasy VII, which I'm told by Julian has been brought back on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, so you could definitely lose some time there. Mario Kart has to be on there. I mean, it's timeless, whether it's on 64, whether it's on the Switch, whether it's on the, the OG systems. Uh, Mario Kart is always going to be a good time. I did hear from Julian as well, Mario Party right now is a very difficult game to find. Uh, so that's kind of a good one to play. Uh, maybe kind of dial into some friends, a little kind of a board game mixed with, with other games. So I'll give you there. There's four. Uh, and then any sports game. Let's go Mad like a, just a good Madden or NCAA football. Give me a good sports game to, to kind of get in right now, and, and uh, that'll keep me happy for a while. See, I've got two ends of this. I've got – the Xbox, the green one, that was the Halo Xbox. And I was able to break that back out, and it still works. But it's I've got Tiger Woods 2003, 2005. So i got some cool golf games on there. Uh, Men of Honor was that. Didn't you that, say you played Edgewood? The Edgewood's on that old <laughs> Tiger Woods game? 2000, 2005. Jen and I played Edgewood the other night. She whipped up a character. She had a hole in one, like five holes in. She knocked one in. I'm just sitting there going, well, you got to be kidding me. But uh, <laughs> I found that I'm getting old because when I play those – First-person shooters, halfway through the, sh the, the round, I'm like, why does my stomach hurt? And I'm, I'm all just – you can see I, I had motion sickness. I'm getting old. Um, and then for Christmas, we got the mini Nintendo. So it's got, what, 60 games or whatever it is. 
of the old school Nintendo on there and, and Super Mario. So that's yeah. That's no cool. one said Super Mario. Yep. Not as not, yep. not, no one. No one went Mario. But Duck Hunt. Duck Hunt's good. Duck Hunt's <laughs> good. Uh, final one. Uh, yeah. Bolchik. Rank the Mountain West according to their game day media food um, all time. Top three all time game day media spreads we've had the privilege to indulge in. Yeah, so I haven't been traveling lately, so I, I didn't feel well equipped to answer the first question. I didn't answer the second question. So I remember game at BYU 2010 season, football season, they had a Brazilian barbecue that was very, very good. Uh, th that was number one on my list. I remember going to Louisiana Tech the 2010 season as well. Uh, they had some, you know, southern barbecue that was phenomenal. Uh, and then I threw Air Force in there because whenever you go to Air Force or typically it's very, very cold and they have a hot chocolate machine in the press room, uh, which is a rare commodity and then very well needed when it, when you're out there in the cold game. So those, those are my top three. I got to be honest. Like, I don't think I feel like, oh, you know what? I, I was going to say this. San Diego State basketball, their basketball setup, they give you a coupon and you can go up and get food from like the vendors. Brian, you'll remember this. We had like Ethiopian food or something great. like that it was super good like some Phenomenal. it was like some jerk spiced chicken with some rice and that Put was the best right I think, oh yeah i think that was the best media food i had the mountain west i think honest i'm not gonna lie not a very good setup for the media when it comes to food i'm not gonna not gonna bs around that one if i'm gonna go outside mountain west and i think you guys will both agree with me on this utep that place has got us they have like 10 different things of food they had mexican they had like fried chicken they had Chinese food. It was like literally whatever you wanted to eat. They brought in, they catered like 10 different freaking things. Yeah. I, I'll, you took one of mine in UTEP. So I'll give a, I'll give a bad one in response to that. Louisiana tech was phenomenal. The cornbread, sweet tea, barbecue. The problem is they're into the elevator. So you got to walk up literally straight up to get up to the press box. Air force, funny story, but air force, they have a sign walking out of the press box. that says no alcoholic beverages allowed outside of press box that's got to be from the 60s or 70s because i've never seen alcoholic beverages in the press box but i'm gonna go to the uh, i'm gonna go to the rock i'm gonna go to hawaii the fruit they have this spread and the pineapple oh my god it's phenomenal phenomenal but bad ucla ucla football thanks for the the uh, the foil wrapped hot dog that had been sitting out there <laughs> since 1996 appreciate it if you want to be a part of Murray's Mailbag, just check him out every Sunday on Twitter. It's at ByMurrayNSN. He'll open up the mailbag, and you can submit your questions. Coming up next here on NSN Daily, local businesses, how are they getting through what we're all dealing with right now? We're going to talk to the owner of one of them coming up right after the break. Welcome back into NSN Daily here on a Wednesday. You know, so many of us affected in our daily lives uh, – of course, with Nevada Sportsnet, News 4, Fox 11, our business, 120 employees, um, we're actually down to about 12 in our building right now, and so many small businesses um, trying to adjust with, with what has become a very difficult time. A good friend of the program, Mark Ladowski, joining us from Silver and Blue Outfitters, the owner of Silver and Blue Outfitters. Uh, Mark, before we uh, talk with you and Paige and Tyler, who are not at school right now, they're going to be doing schooling from home. They're helping you do some online orders. Silver and Blue Outfitters, tell me a little bit about the history of this company. Well, we go way back with you, Brian. Um, we started this thing in 2006. It's crazy to think 14 years goes quick. Um, but our very first run of T-shirts we did was in the Salt Lake bracket when Nevada was a five seed and played Montana. And I had no idea how many to print, nothing. We, we called a screen printer and said, how many do you think we should do? And they're like, oh, probably 500. 
and uh, we went there, and of course we got the morning game, and and uh, you know I think we sold about six or seven shirts at a bright and early breakfast tailgate, <laughs> and ended up losing that game, and, and we packed about 494 of them back to Reno, and and uh, that was our our very first outing. But you know, I remember you were there on that trip, and and uh, we haven't looked back, you know, because the the goal was always bigger, and um, so 14 years later we've got two uh, brick and mortar stores. Uh, we're sitting in one of them right now, and and we're the official merchandiser for Nevada Athletics operating the games and and uh, fulfilling orders for NevadaWolfpack.com. So it's been truly a great ride, and uh, I consider myself super blessed to be able to do this, something I love, and make a difference in the community. What do you think has been the biggest reason you guys have been able to grow so much and become so successful over the last 14 years uh, and become the official merchandiser of a you know a very strong Division One uh, program? I think, you know, do, doing what we do with passion has been the key because I started this um, not with the goal of getting rich and thank God, um, but, uh, you know, it was the goal of, of enhancing Wolfpack spirit in the community and providing a better source of quality gear for fans. And um, we used to run a message board site way back in the day, and we actually listened to our target demographic, our customers were on there. Um, talking back and forth with us about what they wanted to see and what they thought was lacking. And so with the passion of trying to make things better and then listening to the people uh, who eventually would be our, our diehard customer base, uh, that's kind of been the key ingredient, I think, for us. Also, um, it doesn't hurt that the programs have had a lot of success in those 14 years, you know, with the Kaepernick run and, and uh, most recently Musa's Sweet 16 run and, and the enrollment on campus is also growing. So. You know, uh, Mark, all of us were kind of cruising along with our lives until uh, this thing came from a, around halfway around the planet and changed everything. Um, what have you had to do to stay afloat? I know you're doing online orders. Paige and Tyler are helping you with that. So you guys put pictures up on the web. And, and uh, what did you have to do? Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy, man. This is real life. Um, when that news came uh, didn't really know what to do, you know, and that's kind of been the story of being an entrepreneur the whole time. Sometimes you just don't know what to do and, uh, you have to figure it out. And so I just kind of, I don't know what it was. I just had a, a moment of clarity where I just said, I'm going to attack this thing with positivity and try and do the best we can. And so I just came up with an idea saying our stores are closed, but that doesn't mean we can't ship online. And more importantly, these guys, um, it's really been an opportunity for them to learn, to, to watch what it takes to work, to see that life's not always perfect. And sometimes you got to grow up a little too fast in, in situations and, and they've learned some key lessons. And for me, like the family element of this has been really like a silver lining that we've latched onto. And we've been trying to share that and share the positivity with people knowing that, you know, this is not fun. Uh, we're surviving. We're trying to survive. We're not thriving, but we're, we're coming together and there's better days ahead. And those important lessons are key for everybody right now. Everybody. It seems like more than anybody, small businesses have been hurt the most uh, economically just with us all having to self quarantine and self isolate. We kind of talked earlier in the show about going to your favorite restaurant, buying a gift card, getting some pickup food. What can fans do or people in this community do to kind of help you guys get through this, this rough period? You want to take that one, Ty? Yes. Uh, what you can do is you can go online at soberandblueoutfitters.com and any orders above $30 get free shipping and it helps support our staff who are unemployed currently.
You know what? That's fantastic. What do you have? What do you have to add, Paige? Um, Brian? Uh, we have to pack um, orders every day, and Pack Nation is really supporting us. That's and fantastic. All we are raising from the orders are going to our staff to help them with their families and pay their bills. Now, Tyler, I saw a picture on the web that uh, there's there's Sometimes you guys, I don't know, maybe all of the orders, there's been a little care package that's been put in there with a note. What, what else are you guys adding into these, uh, into these online orders? Um, well, we came up with a funny idea of adding some toilet paper into our boxes um, because we just wrote in our notes just in case we won't need it while we're closed. So we've just been ordering shelves and shelves of toilet paper and just sending them off in boxes. So. But we're fresh out of TP. I was going to say, that's definitely route. <laughs> <laughs> the only place in town. Oh, I kept a couple, you know, just in case you never know. <laughs> uh, Mark Ladowski, owner of Silver and Blue Outfitters. You know what, man? Yeah, you're an inspiration and in showing how you can turn a crisis, something that's not the best thing that's happening. This will pass. It's a storm that we're getting through. But you're showing that, uh, you know what, you can turn it into a teaching moment. Uh, for your, your two uh, beautiful kids. Paige and Tyler, take care of your dad, okay? He's a good man. Okay. Hey, thanks for having us on, Brian, man. We appreciate y'all. We'll all get through you this. You better yeah. check it out on silverandblueoutfitters.com. We'll be right back here on NSN Daily with some final thoughts when we come back. Welcome back into NSN Daily. Final thoughts, wrapping things up here on a Wednesday. I want to thank uh, head coach Steve Alford for stopping by and uh, showing us the man cave she shed over there at the Alford residence. And Mark Ledowski, Silver Blue Outfitters, one of those local businesses. We're going to be talking to a number of local businesses, Chris, that are, you know, fighting to get through this. SilverandBlueOutfitters.com if you want to get something online. But I, I really can't imagine the strength and courage that you have to have to run a small business right now. Yeah, I mean, it's not easy in the first place, even in a good economy. And then you throw in a curveball like this, and it's just going to be very difficult for a lot of these businesses locally to navigate without the support of the community. And we do have to be smart. We don't want to rush back into this and just prolong uh, the spread of this, which make the economy and, and these issues even uh, more uh, dire. So, you know, we have to do these things smart, but uh, it has to be a very troubling and, and difficult time. Uh, just not knowing what the future is going to be like. And you can make an impact by being able to buy products or go out and, uh, you know, get pick up at some of these places. So uh, you can you can keep some of these businesses alive. And I think, uh, you know, anybody who has the, the means to do it should absolutely do that. Yeah, I like the idea of calling it Takeout Tuesday, but I don't know if that's going to overwhelm some small businesses. I'll make it Takeout Today, Takeout Tonight, Takeout Tomorrow, and uh, go out and support the, the small businesses. These are our neighbors. These are the people that we live uh, and, and breathe our, our, you know, the air with here in Northern Nevada. And this is, this is something we will certainly get through. For Alex Margulies, Chris Murray, and uh, Anthony Resnick behind the scenes, I'm Brian Samudio. Thanks very much for being with us here on NSN Daily. We'll see you next time.